Welcome to the tech.eu podcast with myself, Neil Murray, and Roxanne Vaza. Hi, Roxanne. Hi, Neil. So this week, we discuss European and Israeli startup funding as it continues to rise. We'll take a look at PayPal having to halt operations in Turkey. Berlin-based smart heating startup Thermondo has raised 23.5 million euros. We will hear from our editor, Robin, who catches up with Pipedrive. And finally, Neil and I will wrap it up with a look at Poland startup scene, which was recently featured in Forbes as an up-and-coming ecosystem to watch in Europe. So let's jump right in with Europe and Israeli startups, which brought in 1.6 billion euros in funding in May. I just feel like there's no, I mean, like I saw the 1.6 initially and I was like, that's just for one month. I think that's incredible. So this amount was raised across 255 deals, which is up from 138 deals done in May of last year. It's quite a quite a big jump. Even if we remove Spotify's one point billion debt round, we actually see progressive growth month to month since February of this year. The number of deals has also seemed to stabilize around 260 deals closed on average per month in Europe and Israel. As usual, the most deals were closed in the UK, that's 42, followed by France at 37 and Sweden at 34. In terms of amount of funding, however, Israel brought in the most with 618 million raised across only 23 deals. But I guess there were especially some much larger rounds for companies with a strong U.S. presence. So far this year, Europe and Israeli startups have raised 7.8 billion versus 4.3 billion last year for the same time period. That just blows my mind. For listeners who want more information on funding in Europe, Tech.eu will be releasing the full Q2 funding report in early July. Yeah, I mean, it's it's impressive numbers. The growth rate, I mean, especially in terms of the number of deals, is about 85% compared to you know, this May compared to last May, which is a massive increase and definitely goes to show that there's you know, real activity across the region. You know, I almost feel like a broken record. Like, you know, it's nearly every single month. It's just better and better in terms of investment in Europe. So, yeah, we haven't seen, particularly seen, any real slowdown, and these deals just keep happening. The biggest surprise for me out of all of it is actually the fact that, that France are up there again. They When was it? Uh, kind of earlier in the year, maybe the first quarter, it was like France had done the most deals in Europe. And I thought, wow, it might have just been a particularly strong quarter. But no, they're really kind of kicking on. And yeah, I think that it's great to see France kind of kicking on because I feel like they've always kind of been below the UK and Germany, especially in terms of amount of capital, number of deals. But now they're right up there competing. And so is Sweden as well. So now all of a sudden it's like UK and Germany. Yeah, but France and Sweden are also kind of competing for real big capital. And of course, Israel are as well. But yeah, I mean, 7.8 billion so far this year is incredible. I remember, I think I think it was like last year, towards the end of the year, it was talk of will Europe pass 10 billion for the first time? And now we've already raised 7.8 billion and May just ended. So it's actually, you know, the progress is almost times two, essentially half a year is gone. And we've nearly raised the 10 billion already in Europe. So yeah, the real question this year, I guess, is can we raise 20 billion? 
Yeah, I have to agree with you, actually, coming back to what you said about France. I guess I I live in France, so everybody seems very positive on the French ecosystem locally, but actually seeing it show in the numbers consistently is something that I have to say I'm a bit surprised. I'm even more surprised to see that we're not even talking about Germany in any of these numbers here. So hopefully that means Germany is not off the charts and that we, when the report comes out in July, we'll be able to actually see Germany up there as usual. Now, PayPal is having a bit of trouble in Turkey. The company announced that it would have to halt its services in the country effective June 6th after failing to renew its license. That kind of comes as a shock, I guess. PayPal apparently claims that this will impact hundreds and thousands of businesses and customers in Turkey. They first announced the news on their site, saying the company had been denied a license by Turkish financial regulator BDDK. And apparently this denial is the result of new rules that require IT systems to be localized in Turkey. So PayPal has its IT distributed across several locations. I guess that makes it ineligible for this license. Obviously, PayPal is not the only company to have trouble in Turkey, but usually we hear about it from more of a social media angle uh, with companies like Twitter, Facebook, Reddit. They've all had issues with censorship. Twitter has actually gone as far as filing a lawsuit with regards to some tweets that it refused to remove from its site. Yeah, I mean, however you can interpret this news, it's certainly not a positive uh, piece of news. So yeah, it's kind of pretty distressing to see this, you know, and we always talk about making Europe more friendly for, for the kind of the big tech giants, and that will help us out. But I think there's a, that's a different issue here. Actually, this is more about kind of censorship and government kind of uh, involvement in this. So what actually what, what worries me from a kind of startup perspective is think about the amount of startups in Turkey that are probably using PayPal as a source to actually sell services or to use as kind of a main construct of their business. Now, all of a sudden, it's just gone down. So for me, I'm thinking about, I reckon there's quite a few Turkish startups who are probably in real risk of failing or, you know, going out of business because of this. So yeah, I mean, you mentioned about businesses being affected, but I would bet that a hell of a lot of those businesses are kind of small startup businesses so they're the ones that are actually ultimately paying for this so yeah while it's bad for for paypal and the big tech giants in europe once again i think the real losers here are kind of the small businesses in turkey which are using the service yeah i have to agree with you although apparently there is a local turkish competitor that is still able to operate obviously because its it is in turkey so i guess we'll have to see how this plays out hopefully i think turkey will you know come to its senses and help paypal move forward but we'll have to stay tuned on that. Now, Berlin-based smart heating startup Thermondo has just secured 23.5 million euros in funding. This is a Series C round for the company that was founded in 2012 and currently employs over 200 people. It's actually quite huge considering that I had never heard of it until this round. The company provides efficient heating products like condensing boilers, solar, and fuel cell heaters. This round actually includes investors like Rocket Internet affiliated Global Founders Capital, Holtzbrink Ventures, which is also an investor in Home24, Wuga, Zalando, and more, and also energy company Eon. So I guess uh, this is big news for smart heating in Germany. Another Germany-based smart heating company to watch is Ecozy, much smaller scale. They are currently raising funding on Seedmatch. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't pretend to know too much about this area at all. But what I find interesting about this is that it's often the kind of the unsexy businesses that do attract the most capital and do end up kind of having the big exits and kind of going unnoticed. So I'm not surprised we haven't particularly heard of them before because they're in an area that isn't kind of uh, sexy or, or or that consumer facing really i mean in in the way that we think of kind of consumer facing businesses like kind of gaming companies or something like that so yeah i think these companies are kind of solid businesses solid companies that are going about their business raising big money kind of building big businesses and then ultimately you see a lot of these having good exits as well so yeah i think it's never going to be one which kind of catches the headlines but it's certainly one to keep an eye on and i I wouldn't bet against it kind of going on to, to have quite a success yeah i would agree with you i think we have quite a few of these kind of hidden gems in germany so we'll have to uh keep an eye out on what is happening there now our editor robin had a chance to catch up with pipe drive Hey, this is Robin from TechEU. I'm here at the Digitalk conference in Sofia, Bulgaria, and I ran to Ragnar, who's one of the co-founders of PipeDrive. What's PipeDrive? PipeDrive is the simple CRM, helping uh, small companies to manage sales. So, SaaS company based in Estonia, I believe? Yeah, we are based in Estonia. We have now clients in 155 countries and more than 30,000 small businesses using us daily to manage sales and making, you know, money. Is that mostly customers in the U.S. or Europe? No, actually, we are like 30% of the revenue is the U.S., 30% Europe, and that's the about 30%. So actually, second market by revenue is Brazil, so it is uh, Canada, and it's U.K., Germany, and so on. Uh, so PipeDrive has been one of the Estonian success stories, I guess. You've raised some funding as well? Huh? Yeah, we have like, raised, we have been quite conservative raising money because we are more aggressive about making money, but we have raised like close to 15 millions. Our like in last round, Pessimer joined, which is, was the first investor in Skype. So we are pretty fine on that, but we are highly focused on how to make money. Yeah, that's a good thing. Offices elsewhere? or just So we have office in Estonia and in also New York, but Estonia is still the biggest. We have in Estonia like 140 people from 20 different countries. New York is like mainly focusing marketing, business development, a bit sales support. All right. So PipeDrive is doing well. Are you cash flow positive already? or? So we are close to that. So we, if we want, we can be after three, four months, but we have cash in the bank and we are highly how we can grow, how we can be in more markets. We basically just a few days ago opened new language versions in Turkish and in Finnish because Turkey is actually a pretty big country, not too many people speaking English. So I said, let's test it out. Let's see how much we can get more clients in Turkey. Uh, a very interesting company, but that's not the only one you're involved with. Uh, you're also one of the co-founders of Garage 48. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, Garage 48, you know, surprisingly, Garage 48 and Piper were started in the same year, 2010, so six years ago. And the reason why we started Garage 48 was simply showing that you can do very effective hackathons. And we have been focusing Eastern Europe. We have done events in Ukraine, in Belarus. In so is it an event organization company? Or yeah, this is non-profit. It is organizing hackathons, but it's doing those things always with highly focusing how to build working prototype in one week and so it's highly for the engineers and it's always in English because in those countries which I just mentioned uh, many events are in Russian or whatever language so we are highly it's yeah, focusing how to help communities in Eastern Europe and our best success story is Masquerade which was started uh, end of the November 2015 in Minsk and three months later Facebook bought it for whatever 100 million dollars oh come on you know the exact amount <laughs> I have not signed the contract. I don't know exact amount, 
But I know definitely that it was she that two Sierra. So it was like more than hundred hundred million. But as you know, those deals are much more complicated. So it, sure. it can be up and down, but it was close but definitely a big number, especially for a Belarus company. Oh person. my God, Belarus has totally changed. They're like they're asking when you can go back and so on. But what people don't know is that those guys who started masquerade, they attended in five-hour hackathons. Every hackathon, every time, learn new things and so on. And that's the way it is. You fail, you fail, and one moment you can hit jackpot. That's the way it is. That's an amazing story because a lot of times, you know, founders ask themselves, like, why should we go to these hackathon things and these meetups? It's a waste of time. But apparently it's not always a waste of time. Yeah, and you know why we have been focusing Eastern Europe that you can find so great technical talent. We have had so many great people. Like, you can find people who can do itself, Shazam clone. That's what keeps driving us to doing more and more events. And we try to like kind of like uh, push also people from Estonia to attend Belarus Ukraine events. So we're really trying to build community which is over the borders. It's not like one country, but how all this area should be like one community. That's right. our focus. And it's also a physical co-working space in the heart of... Yes, we have entirely Thailand. physical co-working space and lots of cool stuff happening. So there are many events basically trying to give back to community because... It's like in Estonia, there are so many new startups, there are so many events, and we really try to like help startups having first office. Like one of the our like first like uh, renters was Testlio, who was in our Cubic space, and now they have like 6.2 million round was just like two months ago. So they are profitable and so on. So, but they just first used our Cubic space before they had their own office. Right, pretty cool. Um, so what else is going on in Estonia? Obviously, the government's very um, digital-minded um, and very, very innovative when it comes to government services and online. But what's happening in the startup scene that you think is interesting? I think that there are so many things. You know, there are more and more startups popping up. We can see that there are kind of small trends. That there are also people moving to Estonia and trying to like you know fight and you know struggle to open uh, build the first steps from Estonia so and I can't anymore like basically I was following what is the hottest startups in Estonia it has been growing so fast I can't anymore because wow. there, there are so many of them around it's amazing for such a small country it yeah. is you know, basically and what I really love is that how friendly our government is really so I pushed like, by the way I just became an e-resident um, that's nice I'm officially kind of Estonian and we are working now that people could open bank and code from their own country using video call and not only that we want also like not only we want but we will open very soon start the visa which would help people from non-Europe countries to move Estonia, open country, build steps, and one moment, depending where they are, move out from Estonia, because Estonia is just super tiny, which means that you can just do first steps, but you have to go out and find clients, Berlin, London, whatever, San Francisco. Got it, okay. Um, so maybe some small news for the people in Estonia that don't know. Are we actually leaving the company Pipedrive to start something new? Yeah, basically, like, what, why Pipedrive has been so great that we have been highly focusing how people can enjoy working for us. And we were chosen the best employer. But in that round, one moment I discovered that there aren't too many great HR tools around. It's like, how this can be buffered? It was like deja vu moment. So because of that, I more and more stick to that. And now I'm already working like almost full time with new team, which is the clan beat. And we are focusing how to build most employer friendly HR tool. And first, what we are focusing, how to have meaningful one-on-ones, how those things should be that really manager or team lead can really help you. And all of the information would be somewhere. And you always like know what did you agree? What's the next step? And so on. So this will be... It's not even like public yet. So this is the first <laughs> interview where I'm talking about it. And we will launch it in June. So um, we have already some better clients using us, but that will, will be my next love because six years mm-hmm. in Satellite is huge time. Yeah, yeah. And Pipedrive is now 
doing so great that uh, I can just do a new thing. Very cool. Well, best of luck with the new startup and with Pipedrive, of course. Thank you. Finally, Poland was recently called on track to becoming a major European tech hub by Forbes. I have to say, I kind of love, like, I think you can find an article that calls every single European country on track to becoming a major hub. But really glad that this one is going to Poland because I actually do feel that they have kind of a very strong yet under the radar ecosystem. But before we get started, Neil, can you name a Polish startup? I can't. Yeah, I can't either, which is kind of really (laughs) sad. Um, The article actually names several Polish success stories that everyone should know. One of them is Brainly, a social learning network with over 40 million customers. The article points to a few more examples like Film Master. It was recently acquired for 1 million, which is actually very low if you compare it to other European success stories or acquisition success stories. And then there's Doc Planner that recently raised 10 million in Series B funding, which actually also seems like an average round that you would see in the UK or France. So that's not maybe exceptional by some of the other ecosystem standards. But this kind of helps us give us an understanding of Poland's kind of younger developing ecosystem. We actually featured Marius, the founder of Doc Planner, on the podcast not too long ago. And Forbes goes on to mention a report by Startup Poland. I guess they polled over 2,400 startups, and the poll found that a large majority of Polish startups, nearly 40%, are software companies selling their products as SaaS. For some reason, this does not surprise me at all. I don't know why. I just imagine just very strong technical kind of business products coming from Poland. The report also found that just over half of all Polish startups are doing business internationally, primarily with UK and the US. There are also apparently a few Poland-based VC firms. I did not know them, but these include Protos VC, Black Pearls, and IQ Partners. But I guess that is actually still very few. Approximately 60% of Polish startups are still bootstrapping to get started. Yeah, I mean, what's particularly interesting about that is that although I said I can't name one, I've actually heard of all three of those. So I know Brainly, I know Filmmaster, I know Doc Planner. So I did know Polish startups. What I didn't know was that they were from Poland. Uh, necessarily. So there is something kind of interesting here in this whole discussion. And we talk about Forbes kind of doing this article on them about being the next hub. And yeah, I mean, while that's kind of boring and predictable, what is important is that Poland does tell its story and does say, hey, these three companies that people have heard of, they are actually from Poland. Because there is this kind of almost self-fulfilling prophecy or, or kind of wheel that starts rolling. So when the media start covering what's happening, oh, all of a sudden investors think something's happening there. And then kind of that kind of spirals out of control almost until you can kind of build up this machine and start building a hub. So yeah, I think it is quite interesting. I mean, you know, three solid companies, that's probably more than half of Europe can do. I mean, Europe is so big and so diverse. It's, you know, we sometimes get a bit lost in kind of the big five countries or whatever, but there's, you know, 30 or 30 something countries in Europe. And I'd probably imagine that Poland are kind of at least in the top 20, maybe towards the end of, of those, uh, you know, nearly 20 or around that position when you talk about free companies like that. So yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting that, that they are receiving some attention. I think that's fair enough for those companies. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Doc Plan is, is just like a standard a series 
Series B, but still, it's you know, it's a ten million Series B. There's an exit of a million. I mean, yeah, again, it's small, but at least there's stuff happening. I think Brainly, uh, as you kind of point out, is kind of their biggest cheerleader or one to get behind at the moment. Yeah, and I guess we're now going to have to stay tuned for a Polish unicorn. Why not? That's the next step. Yeah, <laughs> as always. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. You can follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Acast. Reach out to us with your feedback. You can comment on the post on tech.eu under the podcast, or you can reach out to us on Twitter at Neil S. W. Murray or at Roxanne Vaza. But that's it. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Roxanne. Thanks, Neil.